All right, Paradoxers, welcome to episode one. Shonen Jump comes out around 9 a.m. on Sundays where I live, so coffee first. But after that, I dive in soon after so I don't get spoiled on social media. My usual order of preference is to warm up with My Hero Academia and then just go with Chainsaw Man. Just band-aid straight off the skin just in case you know anyone dies or blows up that week. Just steady myself emotionally for that usually though by that time i'm like warmed up and you know what that means it's one piece time usually so this week it was off and something caught my eye and well it was more like it was thrown at my eye but shonen jump was none too coy this week they had the time paradox ghostwriter manga in the main image block it was number one in the uh, order for the new comics coming out so they're really trying to promote this thing because i am a huge one piece dork i did hear rumblings about the series as they you know share the same translator stephen paul has been hinting dropping clues on his twitter lately and i thought he was actually working on mora king or bone collection but when they came out, he wasn't on it. I thought it was for sure more came because the art was good, but I digress. Not those two. So he didn't really mention that he was gonna work on TPG over here, but I'm glad he did. So from what I have seen, they trust Stephen Paul with the, like the big titles now. Like of course he does One Piece. They gave him the Hachomaru series uh, that was pretty hyped up before they canceled. And now he's got this one, which looks pretty good. So, Time Paradox Ghostwriter. What a mouthful. Its basic premise is a modern-day manga who is having trouble like breaking into the business, and he gets a Shonen Jump volume from the future teleported to him through his goddamn microwave each week. Can you believe that? Yes. It's just like completely absurd. And its color pages pretty much let you know that we are all in on the joke because they, they show it to you right away. To me, this is already like setting the tone about what it is. Like this is going to be like Death Note where it's trying to fit in reality or like Bakuman where it is reality. This is surfing on like like the complete wave of absurdity as it should be. It's a bonkers premise, which we will get deep on like later this video. But before we begin, for anyone out there living under a rock, this is a Shonen Jump title published by Viz here in the United States. Please support the official release. This video series will be referencing the published version courtesy of the publisher only. Shonen Jump is two bucks a month and the latest three chapters are going to be free for everyone, of course. There is only one chapter out now, but they usually let the latest three be free. Before we jump into the chapter reaction, let's review about what we know about the series so far. The writer Kenji Ichima appears to be as new as there is not a lot of press or credits for him for past works he has done from what I've seen. The artist is known as he has had at least two previous series. Cross Account and Tokyo Wonder Boys. I was actually slightly excited because I thought maybe he was from a sports manga, Cross Manage, but that is not the case. Cross Account is a story about 
an average high school kid who secretly manages a popular social media account. People seemed to like it, but agreed it was not really a great Shonen Jump title per se. Tokyo Wonder Boys is a soccer manga about two players leading a struggling team, but with some intrigue. Maybe like a soccer version of Haikyuu? Regardless, the series had mixed reviews and did not last that long either. Sports manga is notoriously difficult, as they are difficult to stay unique and not start going into places where the audience has been before. It's just very difficult to carve that unique path for themselves. I am not personally familiar with his previous works at all, though, as both of these series have not been licensed for the U.S. market. Alright, time for the chapter reaction. Alright, here we go. I'm sure you guys have read it already, but let's go through chapter 1 together and relive it. I'll put up a spoiler alert on these videos where I think fresh viewers can stop and go read it themselves and come back here later to discuss. But really, just go read it right now if you haven't. The reason why I'm talking to you right now is that it's worth checking out, at the very least. So there you have it. Right out of the gate, we have color pages. Glorious color pages, really great art. It leads into a tease of that absurd premise that I was talking about. And it just looks fantastic. You can tell the art is going to be dope from that very first panel. Most reminiscent to me is, of course, like I said, Takashi Obata, Death Note, Bakman, Hikaru Nogo, some of like his past works that I've checked out. Just really awesome art, really clean. There's like a realism there, but it's still distinctly manga. So I think this artist is very similar to him. I would say, you know, of course, Takashi Obata is a legend and has done consistently great work we'll see if this guy can get there can like be consistent like he has but from what i've seen right now like this first chapter looks freaking amazing then we move into a character introduction for our hero his name is sasaki on his way to shonen jump editor meetings for those of you who are familiar with the bakuman they are like mentoring sessions with editors to help develop the young talent and guide them along the industry. He gets there on time, even after retrieving a balloon stuck in a tree for a child, building his personality up. So some backstory about Sasaki is revealed. He is a lifelong jump fanatic that went to school for art, but recently has been in a slump since winning runner-up in a jump rookie contest. Those are like the periodical contests they run in other shuisha manga properties but unfortunately uh he has not been doing so good since he got a that good award as a runner-up so he has been working as an assistant for other artists as a lot of these famous mangakas have all done in the past like oda ichiro for one piece and etc etc so he's doing this to finance his his time in the big city the villain in this chapter is, of course, the editor. He is shown as very negative and uncourteous to our hero here, and it's kind of sad. I mean, it's sad that our hero kind of sucks and is rejected, but also sad that he is treated poorly, not even given too much like guidance. So he's in, like in this meeting showing his art, which I can tell you is like really cathartic. 
when you spend so much time on it and like you show it to someone you don't know what they're gonna say but he decides to do one more submission even though this uh, editor shot down his current uh, manuscript here and but he is so excited and so characteristically Goganum that he wants to do another before the submission of this latest contest so he pulls an all-nighter comes to the thing and he's shot down again and truthfully you know he wasn't that good and the editor let him know the editor was a little bit nicer this time and he kind of explained to him uh, you know why it was not working out in doing so they kind of let us know like what his problems are and why he's not succeeding so it's not just for him it's just for us that first meeting was really to just kind of build up the story and also like make you feel like he's trying so hard so this is like his second submission already but this one is a little bit more thorough in terms of letting us know what kind of mangaka he is i think it's noteworthy that they maintain the same realism that we had with bakuman in this way like if you've read that series where uh, it's about two youngsters uh, breaking into the manga industry would jump you know the editor works with them they are not immediately successful like uh, like a sports manga you know immediately winning a game and then they go to the tournament and they kill it those guys in that 20 volume set or whatever go through a lot of up and downs um, so it's the same here just brutal truth to our hero Sasaki here and it's just he is broken up about it so he goes home and he's on the street you know thinking and they go do some flashbacks revealing all the pressure in his life leading up to where he is now and it's all leads up to like should he give up so he he goes home and he's right about to say like i quit like verbally and just kind of like declare it like when you say it it puts it out into the world and not in your mind so he's right about to do that and as he does that his apartment is struck by lightning and his microwave is destroyed he pours water on top of it to put the fire out and that's when you see the panel ding after some apprehension he pulls out a weekly shonen jump from 10 years in the future can you believe that so he does start to read it and he discovers he doesn't know any of the work in it since it's like 10 years in the future and he fixates on this one story white knight by itsuki aino who really inspires him and he goes to the balcony after finishing that chapter which that chapter was the initial uh like 50 something page uh first chapter of that series too so lucky him so he's like oh on the balcony this is so amazing and it's like raining and it's like cathartic whatever and he goes back inside and the freaking thing disappears so not only does the microwave giveth it somehow taketh away i hope that gets revolved it's kind of weird i mean so it like if he watches the the magazine the whole time does it like fade away or like where does it go like does like a gremlin come and just like take it does the microwave zap it and then it goes back into the future anyway it disappears and he thinks he's hallucinating 
I mean, I think that's probably a proper response, right? Like something came out of the fucking microwave and you're like, what is this? And then you're like, I must have been crazy or drinking. He wasn't drinking, so he was hallucinating. So, totally crazy. Given it's gone, he thinks he dreamed up the entire thing. But he eventually starts to like, get inspired by it and he wants to put it into his work. So he plagiarizes it, essentially, but he doesn't know it yet. He changes some of the alterations of the of of the story, like how it is. So he makes it fit a different format in terms of total pages and etc. He does change it up. He has to remove some of the characters because he has less time. It's funny to think that the person writing this manga actually took into consideration all that detail when it centers around a time travel microwave. <laughs> so this is kind of like bizarre to me. Anyway, when you're reading this in real time, you can see like the knucklehead is just not a bad dude, but kind of sucky. So being helped by a magic microwave was kind of like a happy moment when I was reading it. Eventually he plagiarizes the script and he has his manuscript and it's the next day. He works on it the entire night. He calls the editor again. The editor is like, you know, go away from me. I already gave you the the shot. I gave you many shots. And uh, he hangs up on him. And Sasaki just breaks into the office. He runs past the guard. He finds the editor. He goes on his knees. Take it. Read my script. Okay. And so now here is the spoiler alert. The editor-in-chief steps in and puts the editor in his place after that he berates him. Um, so he also yells at Sasaki, which is true because he's like breaking and entering essentially and disturbing everyone. But he does read the script after Sasaki pours his heart out to everyone in the department about his recent troubles. And of course, everyone there loves manga. So they just you can see that they're moved by his speech. The editor-in-chief actually remembers him from his runner-up days. And uh, and sure enough, he reads the plagiarized work and he loves it. He immediately wants to run it as a series as well. After the rest of the editors around the office are all like passing it to each other and reading it and everyone likes it. The rude one, understandably, is like, you made this? What the hell? But... It's a humanizing moment for uh, the the old editor as the new one assigns him a new editor who appears to be more kind. We move into the immediate aftermath after that really quickly. So the hero Sasaki of the story goes to his hometown, his parents' house presumably, to finish the script up. His friends help him ink it or, and do backgrounds and stuff. But they do a reveal. The reveal is that the microwave is still spitting out more future weekly Shonen Jump magazines. So what I got out of it is he's working on his 40-page initial first story. And the, the one that he plagiarized off of was like a full one-shot, which was like 50-something pages. So he's essentially working on like 
double issues in this few weeks while these magazines are popping out of the microwave. So I suppose when he goes back to his apartment, he can plagiarize some more. I don't know. We'll see about that. It looks like at least two or three have popped out of the microwave. And how does that even work? If the microwave door is open, like, like, like how does the teleportation like know where to begin? Anyway, a lot of questions here. And that's not it. The final, final ending, which is a twist in itself, but it doesn't make so much sense right now, is that we see the present day Itsuki Aino, who is seen developing White Knight as we speak. And she, she is shocked. She's like literally sitting in like like papers where you, we can see she came up with the name. And she's like, what? And he, she apparently also looks mad at this dude too. So ten year, it took her 10 years to took her work that she's working on now to get into the magazine. And it comes out in the magazine right now. And initially shock. And then she gets angry at the dude. So many crazy, so many crazy things. All right, so for impressions, I thought the art is very good overall. I mean, it's so good that I think I would read the story just for the art as long as the story was good enough. I mean, it's that good. I mean, you just appreciate things like that. The color pages this week, which is off, just like off the hizzle, just crazy great great feeling to it added a lot of dimension to the characters like i said it's just as good as death note and bakuman character designs quite good as well as our hero sasuke is bringing back the mullet he's got the work in front party in the back going on in a ponytail you don't want to give him props i mean these all these uh shonen characters all look the same so just to differentiate from Bakuman, he couldn't do those. And so he had the mullet. The editor looks cool. I mean, they portrayed the, the editor in a quite realistic way. He had a unique, like, eyes. He just looked like a kind of like a moody, cool emo guy. Uh, Itsuki, the, the true author of White Knight, is fun looking. I wouldn't say that she looks too unique, but she looks cute, and um, she does have like a some pins in her hair. I think that helps signify, you know, she's kind of fun, and they portray her as like, you know, affluent. She doesn't go to school, and so it's interesting to see where they go with that. Overall, I thought the character designs were quite good, as I said. Panels are quite expressive using all of the different kinds of panels you would expect. Split, repetitive to show, you know, how faces change, emotional uh, panels are, are done to that max dramatic effect. Splash scenes were really good of him running into the office and, you know, showing like the formal culture. A lot of detail going into the backgrounds at the office, around the city. It's just really well done. There's also a lot of books, as you can imagine, the Shonen Jump books actually, all around. So I think they used the computer to do, to do some of that, but otherwise just like a lot of detail. 
I mean, my final impression is that this microwave time travel stuff is just completely absurd, and I'm here for it. I mean, there's nothing in this that would indicate that there's like a lot of seriousness going on. What I want from the series is just for it to just go apeshit. I mean, does it need to make so much sense? Yes. In the overview, like why is like stuff coming out in the microwave? I think depending on how they play it is important or not. Uh, but I want to see the characters have crazy interactions. Like, you know, I, I don't want it to be normal. I want it to be as absurd as the premise. And I want to see big reactions. I'm curious to see who are the new characters because some of these guys are pretty, uh, you know, work obsessed. Like, is he going to get like some very interesting people helping him make assistance, manga assistance at his apartment? The new, what is the new editor like? Uh, how is he going to meet um, the person who he's plagiarizing off of? Lots and lots of questions coming up in the next chapter. All right, so that's it for this week. Uh, definitely go check it out if you haven't. I really appreciate you watching, listening, first episode. Thanks a lot. Subscribe, comment. Until then, keep a watch out on your microwave, yo.